0: The Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise, supporting Hawaii's homebrewing community for over 20 years. Twenty
1: years is a long, long time.
0: Whether you like beer, wine, mead, cider, kombucha, fermented foods, anything.
1: We get you drunk really cheaply. If you when want to you ferment make it, take your stuff on your own. You can do it. You can do that at Homebrew in Paradise. Come check us out, Kai. Kalihi Kai, homebrew in paradise, friend of the pod. Go there. Spend your money.
0: Drink beer. Drink beer. That's homebrew in paradise.
1: Drink beer in paradise with homebrew in paradise.
0: 740 Mo'ova Street in Kalihi. Homebrew in paradise. Paradise. I'm glad that we actually have a real sponsor now because I had this vision of us getting an email or a Facebook message like, Oh, we love what you guys are doing. We'd love to send you some stuff. What's your address? And then we open the mail and boom, seasoned desist. Like you've been served. Like cut that shit. <laughs> who would it be uh who would it be from? There's one group. That's not important. Yeah. Uh <laughs> We'd love to send you some stuff. Here's uh you know what? It's it's a swastika, but it's ironic. It's, it's not, ironic. We don't but it's a swastika, but like we don't hate the Jews. Right. Yeah. We don't yeah. We're not racist.
1: No, we just, you know. Make it's white good. power hand signals on our social media pages. Let's do the drop
2: I'm trying to tell the world I'm nothing to be with Blue
0: than some <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Josh michaels. I'm Ryan little. This is the Blue Hawaii podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody. Josh. What would you like to talk about today
0: the israeli uh Police chiefs—I don't know what sort of entity or organization—but uh, the Israeli police chiefs have announced they recommend indicting Bibi Netanyahu on corruption charges. His wife's already been indicted, and last night, uh, apparently, um, Syria, through with the help of Iran, shot down an Israeli F-16. Oh, that's not good. So for them. Bibi Netanyahu is in an interesting situation this week. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, the entire Middle East might be on fire great uh also not great Trump met with Henry Kissinger as well mm-hmm. so by the time you listen to this we may be at war with North Korea yeah we may be at war in Cambodia oh did you ever see the uh the the Anthony Bourdain quote about Henry Kissinger no okay let me read it to you because it's it's pretty so he I guess after he went to Cambodia uh and he he was opining on the state of the country and America's legacy in it And now I'm quoting directly. This is good. We can shout out Anthony Bourdain. Once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. (laughs) You'll never again be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, prevaricating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with Charlie Rose. Ooh, this is definitely outdated. Nobody's chatting with Charlie Rose anymore. No. Or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Witness what Henry did in Cambodia the fruits of his genius for statesmanship. And you will never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at The Hague next to Milosevic. Wow. While Henry continues to nibble naughty rolls and ramaki at A-list parties, Cambodia, the neutral nation he secretly and illegally bombed, invaded, undermined, and then threw to the dogs, is still trying to raise itself up on its one remaining leg. Uh, Donald Trump. uh, Sure. There's a... You know, we've seen a lot of turnover in the White House recently. However... Uh, a new position is opening. One, probably the most influential position in American politics right now. There's an opening for the head writer position at Fox and Friends, America's most powerful and dumbest news show. You can speak directly to the leader of the free world every morning for three hours. You can, and he'll listen. He'll listen. He'll. You've got his ear. He'll tweet whatever you say L- verbatim. Verbatim
1: most, most of the time.
0: Yeah, in your face. You he
1: has a DVR. No. In his in his office where or his office in his bedroom that he sleeps in until 10 30 he think he has a DVR so like whenever they have a really good Chiron that he can like pause it and then tweet it word for word or like if he misses a quote he'll like rewind it so he can hear it and he's you're like,
0: giving him way too much credit think? I think maybe it's all it's you shoot from the hip that's true uh, do you see um so you see that thing about like SpaceX launching that car into space? I heard about it. You know what's was even cooler? What? Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's dunk over Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> like, okay. So, picture, you know the famous Vince Carter dunk at the Olympics when he's sure. playing for Team USA? He yeah. jumps like over that French dude and gives the French dude a face full of Vince Carter's ball sack. Yeah. So, Giannis, the Greek freak, didn't have to put his junk in Tim Hardaway Jr.'s face. He just jumped clear over his, him. And go back and watch the video. His junk over Tim Hardaway's head.
1: That's pretty high.
0: That's more impressive than anything Elon Musk ever did, I think. <laughs> but if we're talking NBA, also, sad news. It wasn't all great for large, unicornish freaky players. Uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, 3-6 Latvia. Torleos, tore his ACL. Tore his ACL. 3-6 Latvia. That's a really great name. Yeah. Um, other sports news. Uh, the Pacific Rim Cup taking place in Honolulu right now. Um, Soccer this you know, the brainchild of this guy named Takihiko Nakamura. Um, four teams, two from Japan, two from the Major League Soccer, United States teams, uh playing a tournament. The winner, uh excuse me, two teams, uh two from the US, two from Japan, playing in a knockout tournament. Uh, today, this afternoon, is going to be the championship game and the third place game.
1: Is it? Is MLS teams right? Yeah,
0: it's MLS. It's the, the the Vancouver Whitecaps and the Columbus Crew, and then Iwaki Football Club and Hokkaido Consadole are the two Japanese teams.
1: I watched the Columbus Crew play Atlanta United in, I believe, the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that was that was a that was a big one, right? That was that the one Atlanta really like they blew it.
1: Yeah, uh, we did. Uh shout out Atlanta United though. Yeah. Like while we're if we're shouting out different teams, like Atlanta United did everything right in their debut season. Mm -hmm. They played incredibly well. Uh their dome is the best in sports. Shout out Arthur Blank for chipping in a lot of coin. Also, their concessions are incredibly reasonable. You can get like a 32-ounce beer for like five bucks. You can go get like a slice of pizza for like $3. You can basically go in there. And after paying the ticket price, really keep your concession total to under maybe like 20 bucks and be really, really happy. Uh, That's
2: not
0: too shabby.
1: No, dude. They did a really good job. Shout out Arthur Blank. Shout out Mercedes-Benz Dome. Shout out
0: Atlanta United. Aloha Stadium may have a way to go to hit that level. But good news, they were actually able to play the game. Unlike 2015 2015, when the United States women's team uh, refused to play play against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, The same Trinidad and Tobago that would eventually go on to knock the men's team out of qualification for Russia. Uh, which is something we'll get into uh, at length in a, in a future episode. Um, the U.S. Soccer just elected a new president. Who's that? His name is Carlos Cordero. He okay, according to his Twitter description, uh, soccer soccer ball emoji fan at U. He was former U.S. Soccer vice president. Oh, that's good. Um, he is a board member of the uh, so basically the joint 2026 effort to have a World Cup co-hosted by us, Canada, and Mexico. That'd be cool. Uh, CONCACAF, which is our like North American, Central American division. He's a mm-hmm. council member, member of FIFA.com Football Stakeholders Committee. Okay. And hashtag Mission2627, whatever that means. Let's click on it see what that means.
1: That's saying that'll be the next time we're actually relevant in, in men's
0: soccer. Oh, uh, okay. Here we go. I'll read a statement. Dear friends, colleagues, and supporters of U.S. soccer, today I announce my candidacy, blah, 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 blah. blah. As part of my candidacy, I am launching Mission 2627, a vision to align all levels of US soccer operations and ensure that the men's national team not only qualifies for but excels at the 2022 World Cup and elevates both of our men's and women's national teams to the highest levels of achievement in 2026 and 2027.
1: Our athletes are too good for us to be as bad as we are
0: at men's soccer. At men's soccer. Yep. There's a great We uh,
1: dominate in women's soccer. I Jeff,
0: mean Jeff Cameron of Stoke City, shout out to him. He uh two articles Recently came out um, in the aftermath of our, our failure to qualify. Uh, New York Times interview and uh, a one he penned himself in the Players' Tribune. Both excellent. Highly recommend checking them out um, to get a glimpse on the inside view of what's going wrong with men's soccer and how we can fix it. Um, but before we before we jump back into national stuff, just a little bit more about uh, the Pacific Rim tournament taking place on sure. the law Stadium. Yeah. So I guess, you know, unfortunately, the, you know, the... The first round of games was like Thursday night at Aloha Stadium. Thursday afternoon at Aloha Stadium, which is hard to get to. Yeah. There should have been more PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy's vision is to turn a, this into a big annual international tournament and branch out beyond just U.S. and Japan. So it's awesome. Soccer's on the rise. There's It's great. It's only going to get more popular yeah. as football gets less popular. I mean, when I grew up, you know, I was a football
1: player. Mm-hmm. Not a very good one, but I was a football player all through... Middle school and high school, and we didn't know the damage that head injuries could do. Mm-mm. And we were encouraged to, you know, hit with your face. You want to lead with your face mask, not with the crown of your helmet. Let's say you break your neck. You want to lead with your face mask. You want to make as much impact right into the chest with your with your head as you can. Uh, we were actually we were encouraged if somebody crossed over the middle to hit them helmet to helmet. I mean, it was it was taught. That's how. Bring you- that bell, baby. It was taught that's yeah. how you dissuade people from running quick slants or that's how you dissuade them from running skinny posts and uh I I mean I received at least one concussion probably more than that uh cuz we didn't have a very good offensive line um and I don't know that I would let my kids play football mm-hmm. and every time now I mean I'm a ravenous consumer of of uh football I mean I still I can't stop watching Auburn football. Shout out Auburn football, War Eagle! But I also now realize that it's essentially blood sport, mm-hmm. and that you know a little bit of the sheen is is dulled. And to
0: say nothing of the institutional corruption in the NFL, the sure, NCAA, et cetera et cetera, sure. et cetera, et cetera, on and on.
1: It's just the idea that you know these guys, largely from poor socio, largely from poor black communities. Are basically taking their only. There's like the Hunger Games. They're taking mm-hmm. their only shot at, uh, at prosperity yep. by putting their futures on the line, by putting their brains and their mental states and their you know cognitive functioning on the line for money. Yep. And Coach, it, I mean,
0: coaches and athletic directors get like ten million dollars a year. College football players, maybe if you're lucky, you get covered by the meal plan. Yeah. And like you get to eat. Unless for free. you go to a, a, a very top tier school. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're a D two, D three, you're not getting much. You're playing for you're playing for the love of the game, and hopefully, all of the the, the revelations around head injuries and concussions will lead to um, the rise of sports that are not currently as popular in America, like namely soccer or Speaking even of, ultimate
0: frisbee. I remember my freshman year of college. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, so one last note on soccer. I've always wanted to do this. Sure. Please indulge me. I want to read the Thursday scores uh, like the FIFA uh, announcer, like the, the the traditional English. I don't see why we cup. shouldn't. Vancouver Whitecaps, one. Iwaki Football Club, nil. Hokkaido Considal three. Columbus Crew, two. So tonight, uh, I guess, Vancouver and Hokkaido Consadole will be playing in the championship game. Nice. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Blue Oh, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to Blue back. Hawaii episode two. He's Ryan, I'm Josh. That's damn right. So I know we just talked about sports. One more one more news item. Uh the the aftermath of, you know, Super Bowl fifty two took place last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Shout out Eagles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, Who, no, Nobody uh, believed in them. No Nick no, Foles. Nick I, Foles. I will
1: say I was the Nick Foles champion uh last week when we were talking about the Super Bowl.
0: I but you, it didn't. It, it, it got cut from the episode, so it doesn't count. That's true. Nobody will believe you. <laughs> Nick Foles, if you're listening, you're probably not listening. But if you are, come to Denver. Come to Denver. Join our Pantheon. Elway. Manning. Foles. Tebow.
1: What do you do if you're the Eagles? Do you keep Carson Wentz or do you keep Nick Foles?
0: Whichever one you don't keep, you send to the Denver Broncos. Orange Crush.
1: I, I mean, you send them for like two first-round picks cuz you've got Wentz who is we'll the that. best quarterback in the league before he yeah. got hurt and then you got Foles who was the best quarterback in the league after Wentz got hurt.
0: We'll take them both. You know what? That'll be the easiest. Like what King Solomon like right? cut the cut the quarterback in two. <laughs> uh oh my god. So uh, it's funny. I just got off the phone with Cutter Dodge. Shout out to them. They're lovely. However, Dodge the national company. Uh I drive a Dodge. I was a little embarrassed. They used you saw this. They used a 1968 Martin Luther King speech to sell cars. Was that not what the speech was about originally?
2: Uh,
0: Well, I'll, you know, shout out uh, Joshua Rothman at Rothmanistan on Twitter explains uh, that MLK excerpt comes from the, quote, drum major instinct speech, part of which warns against the dangers of unwise consumerism and ends with King imagining his own funeral. So yeah, that commercial is as crass and gross as you were thinking.
1: But... I mean, the dangers of commercialism, that's why you have to buy quality. That's why you have to buy Dodge Ram.
0: I mean, in the words of Martin Luther King himself, uh, the evils of capitalism are as real as the evils of militarism and of racism. Dodge Ram. But the King Estate approved it, so... Did they approve it? They approved it. They must have got paid a lot yeah. of money. Do you see the, the, the Tide commercial? Everything is a Tide commercial. The Tide
1: commercials, I mean, they won the Super Bowl as much yeah. as the
0: Eagles did. Now, if Tide had used uh, Martin Luther King's speech... What do you think? Like, at least at if, least it wasn't the mountaintop speech.
1: If Tide, I wish that Tide would have had advanced warning that Dodge was gonna do that. Yeah. And then played a different speech and then said up front, no, this is a Tide commercial. We think it's bad to use yeah. Martin Luther King to he's, sell your trucks.
0: He's allowed me to go up to the spin cycle. I've looked over and I've seen the dryer. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to have clean clothes.
1: I I feel it. Do you how much of that? How much money do you think they dumped into it, and then how much money do you think they dumped into it extra because they're like, we have kids eating Tide Pods, we need some good
0: PR. Probably, probably a like, ton. probably didn't hurt. What do you think about Justin Timberlake's Prince hologram?
1: Actually, I wasn't that blown away with JT's performance. I thought,
0: <sighs> I mean, Janet Jackson, follow, Janet Jackson, poor poor lady.
1: To follow Lady Gaga
0: and Bruno Mars
1: was Gaga was like. I'm not even that big of a Lady Gaga fan, but that was the best Super
0: Bowl performance really? I've ever seen. What about, I, I thought, uh, the Beyonce Bruno Mars one. That's my personal favorite. I mean, they were great. Yeah.
1: But I thought, when Lady Gaga dropped in from the ceiling and hit every single note and didn't sing, like, JT was singing over loops of himself. Like, she sang her own songs and sounded amazing 100% of the way through. So, I, I mean, although, before Lady Gaga... If she's one A, one B is Bruno Mars. Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Local boy. Shout out Bruno Mars. Shout out. So after the game, uh Eagles fans took to the streets as celebrated. they celebrated. As they do. Uh it's interesting, you know, uh Fox News did not ask where are the parents? Why do they why would they do this to their own city? Where's the destruction? These riots are totally unacceptable in America. Yeah, they're
1: flipping cars over yeah. and setting things on yeah. fire. Eagles and- fans
0: celebrate, but Black Lives Matter riots. That's yeah. the difference. Remember. Who causes more destruction? I don't know.
1: Well, for what it's worth, I think the context is it does bear some. It bears some comparison only in the fact that they were truly celebrating. It wasn't like the eagle. If they'd have lost, and it would yeah. happen, it would. Have, I think it would have been a
0: riot. No, but I mean, like in terms of our national priorities, like celebrating a Super Bowl, agitating for your civil Agreed. rights. Agreed. Yeah, just like same thing. You know, Tom Brady uh, didn't shake anybody's hand. Walked off. Had a pouty press conference. Remember, they dragged Cam Newton for like a month. Was it only a month? For like six months. Yeah. He now I agree I, that's and, a
1: very fair comparison. Yeah. Where the only distinguishing factor oh, is race. These
0: oh he's such a you know he's such a tough competitor. He's a fiery guy. Yeah. We, we don't blame him. Whereas Cam Newton thug. Yeah. And, a, and I mean, was rooting I was rooting for the Broncos. I I ungrateful. Yeah.
1: Or all these things. These like you have to like. A, uh, white quarterbacks, you know, they work their way into it. Yeah. But black quarterbacks need to be grateful for where they're uh-huh. at.
0: Also, shout out to, you know, what, what it, politics aside, shout out to that Eagles fan in the throwback number 12 Randall Cunningham jersey mm-hmm. eating horse poop on camera. <laughs> you got, I you mean, shoot your shot, baby. Have you
1: ever been so excited about a football game that, that you, you ate you, horse manure on yeah. camera? <sighs> Not on camera. No.
0: And, of course, uh, Breitbart. Tweeted a Super Bowl photo uh, we got I believe I don't know I'm not sure who it is. Breitbart. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. You suck. Uh, surprise, surprise, Breitbart uh made a tweet talking, you know, with a photo of the Patriots players kneeling. Uh not even not even at this Super Bowl, just earlier in the season, uh and basically insinuated that they were all secret Muslims and that football is a a har- haram. Decadent Western evil affair, uh, and that Muslims are going to take over America, institute Sharia law, and outlaw and outlaw the Super Bowl,
1: and outlaw Christianity and white people.
0: Right, um, and of course, Breitbart had you know deleted this tweet once people pointed out, uh, "Oh, this is you know terrible, incredibly and racist." And racist. Awful. Uh, they said uh, the tweet did not meet their editorial standards, which is you know bullcrap. I just wonder what Breitbart deems
1: as being within their editorial standards Uh, like what is it that they're like this is really the meat and potatoes of our integrity handbook like really look into this and make sure you don't violate it like Breitbart sucks uh, so let's talk about uh let's talk about the stock market yeah
0: so Donald Trump
1: basically measured his success one might say by the uh, increases or relative decreases of the stock market and stock market having gone up largely to the international cabal of bankers and power brokers who are making a ton of money mm-hmm. off of this huge tax scam
0: uh has been up- not even less than half of all americans own stock more than half of, half of americans don't own any stock in the stock market which is not necessarily due to financial literacy
1: rather it is due to uh, incredibly low pay that does not afford people the ability to have excess yeah. spending.
0: But also, we need to stop thinking. We need to stop thinking of the stock market as the economy. The economy is more than just the stock market. But at the same time, though, like people should. I mean, I I
1: firmly believe people should participate in the stock market if they can. Because there is that is the a lot that is the macro level engine of growth in in the world, and it's also a great way to set yourself up for future prosperity. But I think the reason people don't own stock is not because they don't own not because they don't want to own stock. The reason people don't own stock is because you know they make ten dollars an hour and they're forty years old because they haven't had a raise in twenty five years. And I think that's that's a much larger issue. Now that said. Uh, Trump's typical tone deafness rings especially true here as he's not in touch with the fact that a majority of people in the United States don't own stock uh, and is probably using or therefore using the stock market as a barometer of your own success is also incredibly tone deaf, but is
0: par for the course of the administration. Also, uh, Rand Paul sort of shut down the government. Not really. Uh, Republicans are starting to pretend they care about deficits again now that they've, you know. Given all the money away. Yeah. Now that we've given a trillion and a half dollars away, you know, basically set it on fire by giving it to like the richest people who are just going to reinvest it in themselves. And it will literally never
1: trickle down, it will
0: not create any jobs.
1: Estimated 13% of the tax cut benefit will go to workers uh, of the companies to which these, let's call them what they are, subsidies were given, whereas 87% will go to the shareholders, which are overwhelmingly hedge funds, and uh, corporate executives. What (sighs) pisses me off about this, and we'll talk about this at length next week when we get into the issue of affordable housing, uh, with the tax cut, the $1.5 trillion that was given away to the wealthiest of the wealthy, we could have completely erased every dollar of student debt in this country. And still Which a half, would probably
0: create more jobs and economic growth than any tax cuts for the rich ever could, and it w- we w- we could have done that and still had a half trillion dollars
1: of money left over. Jesus. And when you think about it, how many people and listeners feel free to to chime in with your own stories on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, wherever you want to communicate. How many of you are putting off buying a house because your student loan debt's too high? Mm-hmm. How many of you don't eat out? At least once or twice per week extra because you are putting too much money in your student loans how many of you are putting off buying a car how many of you are putting off uh you know getting a home repair done because your student don't your student loans are too high when we look at that number and you think you know say for me my student loan payment is a thousand dollars a month Ugh. that's one thousand dollars that i'm not injecting back into the local economy mm-hmm. if you average that out over a year, that's twelve thousand dollars a year, which is you know, say, say you also paid thousand dollars per month. If we're both taking twelve thousand dollars out of the local economy, that's twenty-four thousand dollars a year, or one job for a person making twelve dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. That we're we're basically keeping that from the economy. Yeah,
0: because we've decided Sally Mae needs it more than average working people.
1: And when you contrast that with say the wealthiest of the wealthy, uh, say they have a thousand extra dollars. Frequently, that's going to be invested back into stock into the stock market, or it's going to be sitting with a hedge fund manager or in a money market account. Because I've already got a trillion dollars, why risk it? Yep. They're not actually doing anything to grow the economy outside of maybe creating the need for one more clerical employee at Wells Fargo. But
0: Ryan, if you if if you needed to borrow student, if you needed to borrow money, why did you go to school? Like, why didn't you just get one of the many jobs that are available without? a college degree why didn't you just consign yourself to being poor for the rest of your why life why didn't you just borrow money from your parents yeah
1: <laughs> God, that would have been a
0: why didn't i just get a, tr- a million dollar loan from my a very slumlord father
1: million dollar loan
0: uh, but oh speaking of you know great uses of taxpayer funds taxpayer funds uh donald trump's new plan for the pentagon he wants a big military parade. Just like Kim
1: Jong-un. Just
0: like Kim Jong-un. Just like Vladimir Putin. Just like Joseph Stalin. Just like Joseph Stalin. So this is going to cost anywhere up to $20 million. For what? To stroke Donald Trump's ego. There's literally zero reason for a military
1: parade. Uh, it's but, not as if everybody doesn't know that we have the best military no, on the planet.
0: The, the last parade we had, you know, we, we have parades like the end of World War II, the end of Desert Storm Gulf One. When we, you know, win wars. Sure. Uh, so I'll quote uh, people on Twitter immediately just savaged this proposal. Tom Nichols, at Radio Free Tom, uh, talking about the 1991 Gulf Storm uh, Parade. I was there. We just let a multi-nation coalition d- to defeat what was at the time one of the world's largest armies and restored the existence of a state that had been erased from the map. It wasn't because the president was a bored toddler.
1: I don't think that the intention of this parade is to display our might to the world. I think the intention of the parade is to display our might to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I believe it's more and than anything an intimidation tactic. Trump's base. It's it's to let – I or to let people know, hey, dissent won't be tolerated.
0: Mm-hmm. Look what we can do. Representative Ruben Gallego from Phoenix, Arizona on Twitter. Shout out to him. Also, shout out to his MLA, Anthony Salcido. He's probably not listening to this, but he's a cool guy. Uh,
1: we're going to tag him anyway. Yeah, we're tagging.
0: tag him. Uh, Rep. Gallego points out, you know, if he wants to show support and affection for the military, he can go to a base. He can go visit them overseas. He hasn't he hasn't gone overseas yet to
1: visit the troops. He could increase funding for the VA, or he, yeah, he could stop trying to defund programs that help prevent veteran homelessness. Or he
0: could send our boys and girls to die in fewer pointless unlimitable wars or
1: he could take say 1.5 trillion dollars and distribute it to the military in the form of pay raises to enlisted and commissioned officers
0: senator tammy duckworth who i hope runs against him in 2020 you know she's a multiple amputee her helicopter was shot down in iraq so senator tammy duckworth went in on this idea uh Donald Trump, you know, also complained that the Democrats who wouldn't applaud for him at the State of the Union are treasonous and un-American. Uh, she says she doesn't take orders from cadet Spurs. Matt Duss, at Matt Duss, foreign policy advisor for Senator Bernie Sanders. If we hold Trump's parade in October, we can have it on the exact 50th anniversary of his receiving a draft deferment for spurs.
1: That would be incredible.
0: And Simon Malloy, uh, at Simon Malloy, writes for Media Matters for America. Trump should throw an Afghan war parade and have the troops march in place forever. Oh, That's good. That's That hurts because it's true.
1: And all that to say, uh, we are definitely not anti-military. Uh, we're not anti-troops. I know probably a lot of people, anytime you start criticizing the military, people always say, oh, you don't like the troops. That's not and could not be further from the truth. Uh, I have a number of very close friends who are in the military or who have signed up. Uh, These guys are the most courageous, brave people in doing the work that none of us want to do, including their commander in chief. Mm -hmm. Uh, And none of his family wanted to do either, but the commander in chief that all said is incompetent and
0: sucks. And you know, it's, uh, the, the rot is not just limited to the top. Uh, chief of staff, former four-star general John Kelly, you know basically uh, everybody said, oh, he's going to be the moderating influence on Trump. We're going to have an adult in the room. No, he's basically revealed himself to be Donald Trump with a little more polish and a little more discipline. Uh, everybody, I'm sure you saw this this week. Uh, apparently... Spousal abuse and domestic violence is clearly not a deal breaker in the White House. Uh, two staffers have had to resign. Uh, John Kelly, you know, defended them both. He said, you know, Rob Porter, who th- who put a vase into his ex wife's eye socket, uh, said he was an honorable man and encouraged him to stay and like fight instead of you know caving and resigning. Uh, and, you know, like uh, if you flash back to. Remember when John Kelly had that press conference? He came out. And he lied about uh, his conversation with Sergeant David Johnson's widow. He yeah. lied about what uh, Rep. Wilson said to him. Yep. He also said, "Oh, when I grew up in this country, women were honored and respected, and that's clearly not the case anymore." No, like it's—it's it's obviously you know, this is just another example of quote, "Make America Great Again," showing their enormous blind spots for the circumstances of anybody who is not a straight wealthy white man um you know first you know first we found a way to excuse roy moore's pedophilia now i'm sure we're going to find a way to excuse all this domestic violence you know donald trump is insisting oh these were great guys they said they're innocent oh you know I, i i believe them yeah compare that to what donald trump said about the central park five or what he said about barack obama's birth certificate you know this friggin guy like and We're just the the more and more we rant about it. I'm just going to spin my wheels. We're going to make the same points we always make. He's just these guys, they all just suck. They suck. What a bunch of jabronis! Uh, The J is for jabroni.
1: uh, Find your merchandise in our upcoming website store.
0: And this guy, the guy Rob Porter, you know, the staff secretary, he's the number one like guy controlling the flow of information to and from the president. So if and he, you know, the F he failed an FBI background clearance. Um. John Kelly knew as you know, back in 2017 he had failed. Uh, wasn't getting a security clearance. And he
1: knew why he failed. He which knew was, why he by failed. the way for domestic violence. A
0: ton of staffers are failing their background checks, not getting clearance. So Jared Kushner. If you've Jared Kushner, the president's son, you know, rather than rather than spend another forty-five minutes listing all the bad, nefarious stuff these guys are doing and their incompetence, if you voted for Donald Trump. Because you were genuinely concerned with what Hillary Clinton did with her email, you were played for an absolute sucker. Sorry. Should we uh lighten it up, talk a little local news?
1: Yeah, this is gonna be really, really light subject matter. So for those of you who understand the uh many sundry sins of the Honolulu Police Department, uh they're at it again. Oh God. Uh according what they to do? a report by Civil Beat and the AP, uh The FBI is investigating four Honolulu police officers who are accused of forcing a man to place his mouth on a urinal inside a public restroom. Police Chief Susan Ballard says another officer reported it. So that sounds like a terrible thing in general, but for those of you who've never been inside a public restroom in Honolulu, they're awfully disgusting. More so than most public restrooms, largely because in in our public restrooms here, because of our large number of homeless people without a place to relieve themselves, they're frequently only used by homeless people and those of us who are the most desperate to relieve themselves in a public place. So this thing is probably like picture the bathroom from saw one with like a little less grime, but not much. And the bright lights are not there. 'Cause they don't have lights in them, I don't think. Not if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: and not yeah, so
1: this is not the first time HPD's done no, something wrong. And isn't this isn't the correct? only this
0: isn't the only thing happening this week to HPD. So uh article popped out in Civil Beat, February 9th uh, by the editorial board. Shopo v. Ballard. Don't let the police union bully HPD's new chief. Uh so there's more to come from this, but essentially, uh new police chief. Uh, Susan Ballard took over because... Ryan, what happened to the former chief of police of the
1: Honolulu Police Department? I, I can't remember. I think maybe he was indicted for corruption. Maybe
0: indicted. Maybe he and his wife, the assistant prosecutor, are in federal frickin' court. I don't know. But are anyway... Potentially
1: we, going to go to jail for the rest of their lives. We've got a new police chief. Susan Ballard, big ups to her, big ups to Honolulu for, I, for appointing a woman police chief.
0: She comes in. Chopo, the state police union, they run the show. She comes in... Uh, trying to clean up um, some, you know, overtime abuse, suspected things like this going on, uh, you know, the big boys club. Uh, And Shopo, the labor union, filed a labor complaint against her, alleging, and I'll quote directly from Civil Beat here, the complaint contends Ballard violated collective bargaining rights when she reassigned Shopo boss Tenari Ma'afala to a midnight patrol beat and transferred three other officers, all coincidentally union leaders, to new jobs as well. Ballard said she transferred Ma'afala partly because he was, in essence, taking advantage of his position in the unit, including collecting overtime unnecessarily. Mm. So, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with this, but it's sort of, it illustrates what we're talking about. There's, you know, fair play to her. Like, good for, if she's trying to clean up HPD, she's going to need a big old mop. When I first moved to Honolulu, one of the
1: things I was told is that our institutions, while very strong, are also very corrupt. And... Hawaii ranks very highly on the state corruption index.
0: And not like when they talk about corruption, they're not talking about like bribery, pay for play, like exchanging duffel bags of cash. This is a little different. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, It means, you know, basically working the system Mm -hmm. to benefit those that you know and love. Uh, There's a lot of nepotism in Hawaii. There is a lot of. there's a lot of favoritism being being shown towards certain people who maybe went to high school with you or who you are, you know, you're, it's your friend's kid or it's your friend in general. Uh, and what that leads to is uh, essentially an entrenched old boys club. And props to Susan Ballard for doing her best and props, you know, to the 99.99% of hpd officers who proudly serve Hoy. i mean those guys are uh they're typically very uh they're very lenient on things they should be lenient on they show a lot of mercy to people and they do a lot of good uh but there are some bad are some apples. bad apples and those bad apples get a lot of press mm-hmm. so uh big ups to hpd shout out susan ballard but uh if you're you know one of the four who are making a man put his mouth on a urinal go screw yourself
0: see you in hell our big issue, our big local issue, we're talking housing, we're talking homelessness.
1: And we actually have Ashley Loa coming up later, who is the housing coordinator for Family Promise of Hawaii, which is a homeless placement organization where they actually help homeless people in Hawaii get into housing. Uh, so that's actually going to be kind of the theme of this episode is how do we, what? let's talk about homelessness in Hawaii and maybe what we can do to fix it. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: big issue this week. Blue Hawaii. Ryan. Yes, Josh. I have a problem. What's your problem? I need to brew my own beer, but I don't know where to start.
1: I have a great idea. What's that? You can go down to Homebrew in Paradise. Where? Homebrew in Paradise. Where? Homebrew in Paradise. Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise, located in Kalihi Kai, the lovely up-and-coming Kalihi Kai, Uh, stocks, everything you're ever going to need, Josh, if you want to make beer, if you want to make wine, if you want to make whiskey, you can find everything you need at homebrew in paradise. Gee, Ryan, tell me more. All right. I would go in there if I were you and I would ask for bill and I would say, Hey, bill, I heard your business sponsored the blue Hawaii podcast. Whoa. And I would say with that in mind, here's what I'm looking for in a certain beer or alcoholic beverage. How can you help me make it? seems pretty straightforward. What's the catch? There's no catch. Tell him that you heard about Homebrew in Paradise on the Blue Hawaii podcast, and he will be thrilled and will keep sponsoring us. Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back. So as we said, uh, we're going to be talking about homelessness this week. It's a very big problem in Hawaii. We actually have the highest per capita rate of homelessness in the country, uh, with Honolulu being one of the highest per capita cities in the country, if not the highest. Um, Obviously, Josh and I are not homeless, and we don't work directly with the homeless community, but we know someone who does. So, uh, with us today, we have Ashley Loa, who is Housing Coordinator at Family Promise of Hawaii. it is an organization that is uh, intimately involved in helping the homeless community obtain housing, um, and has done a lot of great work in Hawaii over the the last
0: several years. Um, Ashley, welcome. Oh, and hi,
2: nice to be here.
0: We forgot to mention most oh, importantly. Sorry, and a, most importantly, a proud alumni uh, and member of the Holy Family Catholic Academy, eighth grade class of two thousand four. Shout out Wildcats, gang Go gang.
2: Wildcats. <laughs>
0: uh, Ashley, welcome.
2: I thank you so much for having We're me We're glad here. to have really you. You're welcome. It. Yeah,
1: thrilled thank to be you. here. Thrilled to have you here, excuse me. Let's
0: jump right. So tell us a little bit about Family uh, Family Promise.
2: Like Ryan said, I'm the Housing Specialist at Family Promise of Hawaii. We're a nonprofit organization that helps local families with children under the age of 18 that are experiencing homelessness. We provide case management, job search assistance, financial literacy, assistance with housing search. And just this past week, we added a new program, which is the aftercare case management. Uh, During the day, families are able to use our facilities at our day shelters in Kailua and Honolulu, where they can wash their clothes, take a shower, eat. Um, search for jobs and housing, and they have access to case management.
1: That's really cool. I, I know. Uh, I, as I said in in our intro, um, I don't work with the homeless community right now. But I actually, uh, when I was living on the mainland in college, uh, some friends and I ran a homeless outreach ministry in Atlanta, and uh, it was during the kind of the the worst parts of the recession, and the thing that I found a lot of people were struggling with was, you know, I live outside, I want to get a job, but like when I show up to an interview, I've got, you know, old clothes that are dirty. I am dirty. I don't necessarily look my best. And that was a big problem. So it's really cool. You're saying you have uh, places where people can shower or they can have childcare or they can do job assistance. What is you guys' infrastructure for helping people obtain employment? Is it do you have a network of people who have volunteered to, to help or um, is it just, you know, trolling through Craigslist and looking for people that need it, that need help somewhere? How does that work?
2: Usually the families just have an idea of where they want to work. Like for example, if they wanted to go to Dave and Buster's, we'll just help them apply online. Um, we also help them to be job ready, to be ready for their interview, ready to get into work. We help them build their resumes, um, and yeah, like you said, just help with their job search.
1: Yeah. With uh, with people, you said most of your, or all of your families have kids. Is that right?
2: Yes. We don't serve singles. We only help uh, families with children under the age of 18.
1: Okay. And how many families are you guys serving right now?
2: So yeah, at each shelter in Honolulu and Kailua, we have four families at a time. Um, and then that doesn't include our diversion program, which is we're helping these families, but they still have a place to live. So basically,
1: preventative rather
2: yes, than yes, exactly curative. So they um, they still come to us for case management, but they don't use the um, our night shelters, which they go to the church.
0: You mentioned you also uh, have just added aftercare case management. What what exactly is that?
2: So after exiting our program, families have the option to continue case management with our aftercare case manager. Um, our aftercare case manager provides support for our families for up to six months after they leave us, uh, by providing the service, it empowers families to achieve self-sufficiency. And they also get, still receive assistance with, um, financial literacy when they leave us just to make sure that they're on the right track.
0: Mm -hmm. And then you staying with them for that six months, that helps prevent backsliding and issues like that.
2: Exactly. We don't want them to end up in homelessness again when they leave.
0: When
1: you talk about financial literacy, um, what kind of stuff I mean, what kind of financial skills are we are we talking about there
2: mostly budgeting and saving because sure. when they come to us majority of the time have no savings and mm-hmm. they are living paycheck to paycheck if they even have a paycheck sure. um they're always moving money around mm-hmm. so that they can get their bills paid so what i try to do is to stop that cycle and help them to be prepared for emergencies or make sure they pay their bills on time
1: are there a lot of payday lenders who are taking advantage of these families in your experience yes
2: and it's it's more so on the micronesian families Mm -hmm. they have been taking out a lot of payday loans and i guess what's happening is when they pay it off they the payday loan place wherever they go will say hey do you want another loan you just pay this off Mm -hmm. And then they'll take it again. And it's just an endless cycle of having to pay all these loans.
1: When I was growing up, uh, spoiler alert listeners, I grew up poor. Uh, When I was growing up, um, I remember my mom getting caught in that cycle. She was a single parent. Um, My dad wasn't really in the picture and wasn't necessarily the best about helping out with child support. And I remember that cycle that payday loan cycle where you know I've got just enough to make it about you know 12 days I ran out of money two days before and if I write a couple of checks that I know won't hit the bank until you know three days from now I can probably make it but if they bounce and that's you know a $50 fee here a $50 fee there plus I got to pay the check amount and so I was like well why don't we just get a payday loan why don't we just you know title pawn or whatever and the interest rates on those things. I don't know if it's statutorily capped in Hawaii, but in Alabama, it was something like, that's where I grew up. It was something like five to 700% is what you would pay back over time. I mean, it was, it was insane. The amount that, that they would charge people. And, you know, uh, the counterpoint is, well, who else would loan you money if you have a low income and, and no credit or bad credit. But, uh, it was, it was truly like a, it was a cycle. And, I remember I remember the look of desperation that I would see come across my mom's face. Is like every time we walked in, you know, it was kind of shameful. But you feel like you have to do what you have to do to help your family.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was just about to say. Sometimes that that's your only option to keep your kids fed, keep a roof over their head. But at some point, it has to stop. Yeah. So we try to help them with that.
0: Yeah. No, so this situation, you know, that describes, you know, having to juggle, having to make things work like this. There are so many families in Hawaii who are living paycheck to paycheck uh, on the borderline of homelessness, even though they may not be homeless yet. How are families referred to your organization or how, if they find themselves in need of support, how can they get in touch?
2: Most of the time our families come to us, they are referred from previous clients or they Google like everybody else does. Um,
1: Shout out Google.
2: (laughs) Uh, And then one more thing. If, if you or anybody you know is in crisis or is on the verge of being homeless you can call two one one, which is the Aloha United Way hotline and they can connect you with um, the best agency
1: Oh I didn't know that That's really cool yeah that's really great. What would you say I mean I, I have my own opinions about the mainland but in, in Hawaii I don't really have a, a strong a very strong opinion because I didn't grow up here. But like, what would you say the biggest misconception people in Hawaii have about homelessness is?
2: What I've noticed um, is that a lot of people think that the families are living on welfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, from my experience, a lot of them are not. They're both working. It's just that sometimes times are hard. Yeah, you know, it's not that they're trying to live off welfare. They're trying to create better lives for themselves and their children. Uh, it's just, you know, it. Whether it be medical or just an unexpected emergency, people, it stuff happens.
1: I, I, think, I think I've read before that most people are only uh, one or two bad life events away from homelessness, and when I was working with the homeless in Atlanta, uh, I found that to be really true. I mean, there were so many people where it was like, oh, I had a job. You know, I was a line cook at a good restaurant, and then one day I slipped and fell on a patch of ice or something and broke my leg and I wasn't able to go into work and so I lost my job and then I didn't have much savings and um eventually that turned me into hey I'm living on the streets and I was or I was couch surfing and then you know still hurting and whatever happens and it's like this long cycle where you see like oh shoot like we're none of us are really that far away from it and no matter how far we think we are uh most people are only, you know, one to two degrees away from homelessness. And I think in Hawaii that's maybe more true than anywhere. It's so expensive to live here.
2: Yeah, the cost of living is very high.
1: And our salaries don't stack up. No, no. I mean, you make you make Alabama wages at Manhattan prices is what I always tell my, my family back home. Mm-hmm. What do you think the, I mean, kind of on that that same vein, it's actually our topic of next week's episode. What do you think the link between homelessness and our lack of affordable housing is. Do you see a, a pretty strong correlation there?
2: Well, yes, because if if families can't afford the homes, then they end up homeless. And so that's why it's hard for me and in, in my role is to try to find these families affordable housing. But what people don't understand is I'm also competing with other providers that are helping their clients sure. and other families that are looking for Um, affordable housing for themselves so it's just the lack of inventory which makes it really hard um the lack of invent the lack of affordable inventory i'm sorry lack of
1: inventory everybody you heard it here first you'll hear it again next week ad nauseum i promise
0: and so and and ultimately you know we found the the private sector is not going to take care of it they're you know it seems the money is always going to be in you know more luxury condos knocking down ward warehouse this that
2: um i don't know if you've heard of it but Recently, Dwayne Karisu, who's the head of the AIO Foundation, um, set up Kahawiki Village. It's right, right off of the freeway by mm-hmm. um, San Island. And he got all these private companies to pitch in, not only labor, but material. Um, I'm sure there was monetary donations. And he did this for the homeless population mm-hmm. of Hawaii. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the first phase was three million. And then there's other phases that are coming Um by the end of the year I think.
1: How many units of housing are they providing out there do you know?
2: It's supposed to be up to 150, but currently the first phase is only 20. 20. Um I have six families there. Which, lucky. I, I got six. Mm-hmm. Um you know and it's it's affordable. It's $900 for a two bedroom and it includes everything. Oh, and that's then great. for a 720 for 725 it's a one bedroom. Wow. And it, and it includes everything. So you think they would take so me? private. Okay. <laughs> that's what I asked too. <laughs> yeah. So private and pu- public sector can work together. It, sure. It's just the willingness to do.
0: Yeah. Sure. So what's a what's a typical day at the office like for you?
2: Oh, no two days are the same ever because it's like we have all these different personalities, all different situations and sometimes people Um, just show up and need help and we're there to serve them. Mm -hmm. So no two days are ever alike. Um, I come in and I check to see what I have to do that day. Usually I'm meeting new families or helping current families with budgeting. And then I also do housing search and I end the day kind of just connecting back with my old clients to see how they're doing, um, in their homes.
1: Do you guys track, um, your success rate so to speak i mean is there a way of like how do you guys measure up whether you've been successful long term
2: uh we measure the retention rate so we i think it's three six nine and twelve months we ca- call them and check in to see if they're still in their in their homes and for the most part ever since i've been there everybody has been in their homes mm-hmm. so that's to me I so you guys have doing, a pretty high success rate then. yeah that's I, awesome i feel we do and yeah. um On average, about 86% of our families that come through our program are housed within three months. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, 86% is pretty high. I mean, and you guys are kind of a small operation is that correct
2: yes before we had our our new aftercare case manager come on we only had four of us wow and the reason we're able to run on such a small budget is because we utilize community we mobilize community resources Mm. so we use um we partner with different congregations on the island sure and families go to different congregations every week while they're there we have a team of volunteers that provide dinner and breakfast oh, wow. um so that's the that's part of our emergency program our emergency shelter program
1: or do you find i mean are the families that you guys are helping primarily it's it's from the emergency shelter program or
2: uh well we have a mix just we only have enough space, bed space for four at each location. Sure. So we do still open our program program up to the diversion program um, and we're able to help families that way.
0: Very cool. So my wife is a public defender and she talks a lot. Shout out to public defenders. Shout out <laughs> PDs. She talks a lot about the way the homeless are criminalized in law. You know, things like the sit lab ban, part closure laws. Uh, can you speak to... Uh, what you've seen and your, maybe the way these might affect your clients.
2: I haven't had any experience dealing with any of the families affected by the sit lie ban, but I am sure that shelters that do help singles have been, um, flooded whenever a new closure comes.
1: You guys don't affect singles. As you are saying, it's kind of your mission's more for, uh, families with children under the age of 18, especially in an emergency context. Um, who are the biggest players in terms of um, homelessness and helping house, feed, clothe, bathe the homeless population in Honolulu?
2: I would think IHS and Catholic Charities of Hawaii. IHS is the big. I'm pretty sure they're the biggest.
0: That's the um, Institute for Human Services.
2: Yeah, they help. They also help singles, but they they do housing um, assistance as well. They help with employment. Um, I'm not ch- too sure about Catholic Charities of Hawaii, but I do know that they help homeless families. Okay,
0: and, and I know your organization supports the the, the idea of housing first. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that means?
2: So, housing first is exactly as it sounds. Um, the goal is to get a family into a home as soon as possible, regardless of barriers. Family Promise recently lowered our barriers, so that allows us to better serve a wider range of the homeless population on the island. Um, Regardless of sobriety, compliance with the program, mental illness, or criminal history, everyone is housing ready.
1: Oh, wow. And, And it seems like because you guys have had such a high success rate, it's sort of proving what we've seen in other major cities across the country. Notably, I believe Salt Lake it was that built... Uh, housing for all of its homeless population or is or is endeavoring to do so. We're seeing that works here as well.
2: Um, What people should realize is that maybe getting into a house first would then help the client in other areas of their lives. It would create more stability for them.
1: And this is a good kind of rebuttal argument to people that say, you know, we spend enough money on the homeless population I don't have a good place to live you know i'm whatever i'm 45 and still living with my mom and dad because it's too expensive why are you going to give them an apartment and what you were kind of saying is it helps balance other areas of life
2: exactly it helps balance it gives them stability like i said and um you know it just gives them confidence in themselves to go out there and pursue bigger things sure and better their lives
1: maybe once they have a house uh then they all of a sudden have a place they can shower and wash their clothes and then they maybe get a better job and then that job leads them to a place that's not potentially taxpayer funded or what have you, right? Like you can help transition. You can start that process of stepping upward when you know I at least have a place to lay my head at night.
2: Yeah, um, not only that, all the families that come to me are not going to state funded homes. We, as much as possible, try to do market rentals, which is through Craigslist. But like I said before, I'm competing with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's so difficult. Yeah. Uh, So going back to the common misconceptions about um, homeless families, a lot of people think that they are living off of welfare. Um, I'm not sure about other providers, but at ours, most of our families have at least one parent working. It's just that they fell on hard times. Um, None of my families that I've had since I've started have Section 8. None of them.
1: What about like... The other ones that hear lies, oh, they're all drug addicts, or oh, they're all you know schizophrenic or whatever. No,
2: it's n- it's n- not all homeless people are on drugs or have mental illnesses. Some people just fell on hard times. Sure. Um, not only th- not only that, but um, some single mothers are trying to escape domestic violence situations, and that's why they are seeking shelter to find safer places for their kids.
1: Domestic violence, which is obviously. Kind of a big problem in yeah. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And and nationally. And nationally if yeah. you watch the certainly yeah. Hawaii is not an isolated incident. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean, what percent of your families, if you just ballpark, do you think are probably fleeing domestic violence situations?
2: Not a not a large percentage, but I have had a few. Most of our the people that come through our program are families that are intact. And if if we can help families repair relationships our case manager is there to help them Mm -hmm.
1: and when you say repair relationships is that like couples counseling or talking about like how to deal with conflict or what does that look like
2: uh she just serves as a mediator for whatever problems they have and not only that um if a relationship is able to be repaired with a family member so that they could live there Mm. that is also part of diversion
1: so basically it sounds like Homeless people, like all people in marriages, biggest problem is communication.
2: Probably. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> communication and, and forgiving each other.
2: Yeah. I still, you know, as uh, if we can prevent homelessness, then we're all for it. We we want to prevent it and help repair the relationships with their family before they become homeless sure. so that they don't have to come to our program.
1: Yeah. So prevention, what do they say? Uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
2: Is that what they say?
1: It, it, it is now. Is that a Southern phrase? It, have you guys never heard of that? I've
2: never heard it, uh, but I like it. An ounce it.
1: of prevention is worth a pound of cure?
0: No, but we should start saying that. Let's go. I say it all the time. Oh. Shout out to the South. Shout out to the Southern the South, States. The South will rise again. Oh, can we say that? We can't say the that. The South will rise again in
1: terms of its in terms of its non-racist uh, idioms. <laughs> so uh, I say a lot of Southern things. Uh, have, I don't think this one they say in Hawaii y'all. either. I say y'all all the time. Uh, I say whenever it's, I use like temperatures, whenever it's hot or cold, we're big on idioms. Like uh, it's hotter than two jackrabbits making whoopee in a wool sock.
0: Y'all ever heard of that one?
2: No, but it sounds like something the South would say. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, sitting on your porch in a rocking chair. It's Ooh. colder than a witch's titty. Y'all ever say that? It's colder than a witch's titty. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't say that here?
2: No. I would just say it's cold.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to compare
1: it to something? Not a witch's no. titty. No. I'm the, when it's real cold, you say it's hotter in a witch's titty and a brass bra doing push-ups in the snow.
2: You guys must have some very descriptive papers in school. Josh, Josh's mom would have loved you.
0: She <laughs> she she does.
1: Shout out Carolyn Michaels, Auntie Carolyn Michaels. Uh, He's the favorite son. Famous Holy Family. You would have Catholic school teacher. You
2: would have gotten an A in her class. Maybe with all those descriptions, your all your idioms.
1: Y'all don't do uh finest frogs hair you'll never heard that one
0: i have a feeling holy family would not take super kindly to the whole like witch's titty thing (laughs) (laughs) that's neither here nor there yeah so anyway back to back to homelessness so the most important question for our listeners and folks out there what can they do to help yeah but how can we get involved
2: all right. So um right now I'm doing a housing challenge. Uh so if you or anyone you know has a rental that you're willing to rent out to our families, um, could you please contact me because we need affordable rentals. You
1: heard what, it. Here. What is what is uh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt
0: you. No. Go ahead. I was like, you heard it here, get in touch. What is My uh Lord's. what's affordable? What is
1: affordable standard in in you guys' rubric?
2: For me, I like to keep it under three, 1300. Okay. I know that's difficult. That's very hard here. I, I know that's difficult to rent out a place for 1300 But if we all work together, we can get the fa- homeless families off of the streets. I know that sounds cliche, but, and it sounds corny, but we need help. Yeah, it and takes any a sort village.
1: Of, any sort of incentives or anything like that? That, you know, if they rent to a low-income family, I mean, do they get tax credits? Is there...
2: No. No.
1: Okay, so just, this 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 one really just has to be because you're a good person. Yes. If you're not a good person, don't contact us. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, any parting thoughts, anything you Oh, have-
2: um if you want to donate items, we have a wish list on our fa- um on our website familypromisehawaii.org. We could always use diapers, gifts, gift cards, gas cards, and um, and then we also have a link on our page that allows you to submit monetary donation. Donations, which goes a long way, it helps to keep our facilities going, allows us to provide a one-time rental assistance for families, and helps to maintain our van that transports families to the shelters. Yeah. As
1: part of this, uh thanks for coming on. um
0: Aww. We're
1: we're not going to be the people that tell you to get involved and not get involved. So, uh Josh and I, Blue Hawaii, we will be donating to Family Promise of Hawaii in the amount of. Some, some amount of money. So Ashley, uh, I don't know if you follow civil beat. Uh, it's a local newspaper investigative journalism. Um, I do really, really good publication. Um, Anita Hofschneider, shout out, Anita Hofschneider again for following us on Twitter. (laughs) Um, Anita Hofschneider wrote a really, really interesting article this week about uh, rising prices at a senior living facility or, uh, senior apartments. Um, that is probably going to force a lot of people out
0: onto the streets. Yeah, we've got some we've got some numbers here. I'll quote directly from the article. Seniors in a Kakako housing complex are worried that they will end up on the street after receiving notices that their rent is scheduled to go up to $916 per month, a sharp increase from the current monthly rate of six hundred and seventy-five dollars. The twenty eighteen fair market rent for a studio in Honolulu is one thousand two hundred and sixty-one dollars, according to the US Department of Housing and Urban Development. Shout out Ben Carson. Not, not, not really. Many seniors on fixed incomes rely on subsidized rents to afford the high cost of living in Honolulu, including medical expenses and food.
1: Obviously, this is not uh, family promise of Hawaii's bread and butter, so to speak. And that you know, this is seniors. Most of them probably don't have kids under the age of eighteen. Um, so, in your, I mean, just personal opinion. Opinions are your own, obviously thoughts i mean what what is your what do you see the impact being from a policy perspective
2: homelessness doesn't only affect families obviously as we were just talking about it also affects seniors so what's going to happen when if they are if they become homeless they not only need a place to live but they need they most likely need medical care sure and so where does that where does that cost end up
1: It shifts right back to the taxpayer.
2: Right. It ends up back with us. So keeping the cost down, I feel, is important.
1: And I think that is even a bigger, uh, it lends even more credibility to the idea of housing first, which is, you know, let's put these people in a home because otherwise, you know, they're going to get sicker. They're going to get injured more. They're going to be less healthy overall. And if they're already seniors who potentially have You know, very little or no income. Uh, If we take them out of their homes and we basically hurt their ability to work, that's even more of a burden passed on to the taxpayers in general. It's actually probably cheaper to give them a place to live than it is to, you know, have to have, we're paying for all these other ancillary services to take care of them when they're back out on the street.
2: Exactly. And I don't know if you've seen the Hawaii News Now um, documentary that they did on homelessness. But a lot of a lot of the homeless um, people call the ambulance if they need medication. Sure, um, I'm pretty sure they said that a one ambulance ride is a thousand dollars. And then not only that, if they go to, for example, Queens, um, who's footing the bill? It's actually Queens. Queens is eating the cost. Yeah. Um, of all the homeless fam, the homeless people,
1: which they then asking it for service. forces up
0: costs for everybody else who's
2: healthy exactly.
1: and
0: who's coming in for typical services, which explains my so, enormous bill for when the Queens took out my appendix or when Queens took out my appendix. How much was it? I'd rather not say.
2: That's fair. <laughs> you see, so like, homeless- but a tear
0: is falling down
1: Josh's cheek right now.
2: <laughs> homelessness, homelessness affects everybody in some way or another.
1: Yep. Ashley, thanks so much. Uh, Ashley, Loa. Housing Coordinator, Family Promise of Hawaii. Uh, would you mind sticking around for our shout-out segment?
2: No, no, no yes. I, I'm happy to stick around.
1: Blue Hawaii. Blue, Blue Hawaii. Hawaii, 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 Hawaii. Shout-outs. Shout-outs. Shout-out to our first licensed official in the books. Happy to have you sponsor. <laughs> Homebrew in paradise. Brr, <laughs>
0: Also, shout out to the Great Bear Wax Company. Great Bear sent us some pretty dang cool candles. Smell great! Great Bear Wax
1: Company making
0: phenomenal candles, actually. Yeah. Uh, Named after the uh, the bear in The Revenant, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. We
1: have not independently verified that fact. We are proud owners now of the wooden number one, wooden number two, eucalyptus, clove, red cedar, and tobacco bay candles, which are all. They smell phenomenal. These you know what it is. the best smelling candles yep. I've ever smelled in my entire life. Uh, BurnBear.com, I believe, is their website. Uh, shout out to them. Check them out.
0: Eucalyptus scent. Get up there like a little koala. Just... <laughs> and on our last topic, shout out to the Democratic Socialists of America Honolulu chapter uh, for coming up with a creative solution to the housing crisis in Honolulu. And what was that? Craig Watase of Mark Development on raising rents by 63% on senior citizens at Nalehulu Kupuna hopes that the rent hike forces people to look for rental subsidies, cut unnecessary spending, look for work, and seek out public programs like food stamps. Quote, it is what it is, he says. So uh, the DSA, um, noticing a lovely Instagram comment from at 100 mile per hour jump serve, uh, sharing their opinion on Mr. Watase said, from now on, when he cooks rice, his rice going to be hard and crusty. Never going to have that sticky rice, just hard and crusty. And DSA shared that with a little amen, saying, the curse is cast, and hand prayer emojis. So Shout out DSA. DSA, Creative Solutions, Working for the People. Fire
1: social media game.
0: Crusty rice, all day. Hard, and, hard, not sticky.
1: Shout out South Korea, hosting the 2018 Winter Olympics. USA, USA. And also just jailed the CEO of Samsung for bribery.
0: Oh, a white-collar criminal being prosecuted. I wonder what that's like. I wouldn't know. Oh, uh, Wells Fargo, we're coming for you. No, we're not. We're not, not under we, this administration. No. What's
1: the statute of limitations on white-collar crime?
0: <sighs> not long enough. Uh, yeah, and shout out to the IOC. Uh, implementing sanctions on the Russian team. The Russians are not competing under the Russian flag. Uh, they will be competing as the Olympic athletes from Russia because of their widespread doping epidemic. So the Olympic committee is officially tougher on Putin than Donald Trump. Kudos to you, IOC yeah. Oh, did you see the Fox News uh, his art the Fox News article the opinion from one of their executives about Where you like, said the
1: Olympics are darker,
0: yeah. gayer, and more He's angry. Complaining about Team USA saying like instead of trying to be harder, like higher, faster, stronger, we're trying to be like gayer, darker, and more exclusive. Uh what a taint. Fox News pulled the article, said, quote, it does not reflect their views or values, which is bullshit because if you watch it Fox totally News, totally reflects any day, their views and values. Yeah. Also, shout out uh Vice President Mike Pence, continues to be a huge jerk, you know. Having starting Twitter beef with what with like an openly gay athlete, uh, but you know, North Korea and South Korea came together, marching under a unified flag. It was tremendously hopeful, important symbolism. Maybe going a long way toward averting war. Uh, Mike Pence, who once stormed out of an Indianapolis Colts game in a staged uh, planned uh, departure because he was so upset at athletes kneeling. Which cost the taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars, mind you. He would not stand when the joint Korean team entered the Olympic venue. And Kim Jong-un's sister was there. President Moon of South Korea shook her hand. The first member of the Kim family to ever visit South Korea. Pence wouldn't shake her hand. What a great, what a great American. Real, real like.
2: Didn't she sit behind him? They were,
0: they were sitting right next to each other the entire time. And Mike Pence just pretended she wasn't there because it won't be his kids perishing if we end up going to war.
1: Unless they nuke the entire world.
0: Unless they nuke the entire world.
1: Then everybody perishes.
0: Shout out to Quincy Jones. QJ. In an interview in Vulture Magazine. Father of Rashida Jones, notable Parks and Rec alumna. And
2: And Office.
0: And
1: The Office. She's on The Office?
2: Yeah, didn't she play um, Jim's girlfriend on season three?
1: That's absolutely right. Dang. Right? Shout out Ashley Loa for knowing that Rashida Jones was in the office season three. Shout out
2: Ashley. (laughs) Right? There you go.
0: You got it. See how how, how easy it is? You guys
2: have political shout outs. I shout out myself. Gotta pat myself on the back sometimes. (laughs) You guys are like going hard on this.
0: So, uh, Quincy Jones, he's 85, wildly successful, probably the greatest producer of all time. Easily. He uh, does not give a bleeping bleep about anything anymore uh, and is here to spill all the tea. He reveals Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor. They used to smash. Amen. And so did uh, so did Marvin Gaye and uh, James Baldwin. This was the 70s, so you know what? It's good for them. Shout out to friend of the show, Josh Falk. for Shout out. For officially confirming, there is no discount at the Arancino Kahala.
1: But it still has high quality food.
0: And, and bonus. It is where I got engaged. So shout out to them and, of course, to my wife. Shout out, Tony. Shout out to uh, Muhyiddin
1: Dabaha, uh, a Black Lives Matter activist best known for jumping over a barricade and snatching down a confederate flag off another racist monument
0: epic it was the most epic thing i've ever seen
1: he uh tragically was shot this week in new orleans and yet another example of the epidemic of gun violence in the united states uh specifically in the southern united states so rest in peace uh dean and you know
0: to his family and all his supporters uh, our sincere condolences. Rest in peace as well to the actor John Mahoney, best known for playing Martin Crane on Frasier, my favorite sitcom of all time. We'll pour one out. Have a cold Valentine for you, my friend. And shout out Ryan Ozawa and the Hawaii Association of Podcasters and by Marks Cafe. There is no feud. The feud is off. Yes. Ryan, the feud was never on. Thank you for welcoming us into the fold. Thank you for listening.
1: Even if we called you other guy.
0: Even if we didn't name check you personally. We're friends on Facebook. Yeah. The beef counts. has been smashed. Mm-hmm. Squashed. Smashed squash.
1: That and Considering the use of your term smashed previously in the yeah, same episode, we squashed. The beef was definitely squashed and not smashed. Uh, also, you know, we do it every week. Let's talk about our restaurant pro tips. Who do you have? My restaurant tip this week Waikiki Brewing and kakaako is awesome
0: why is it why is it named waikiki brewing
1: i could not tell you why they call it waikiki brewing and it is in kakaako my guess is they started in waikiki somewhere and they had pretty good brand recognition and they were just like well why dilute our brand equity Um, it's a real working brewery you can actually see them from the bar working back there Um, really really cool to see uh, their beer selection is really solid. They actually uh, Aloha Bruco is just up the street, also a solid option. Waikiki Brewing though has really excellent beers, and the thing that separates them from Aloha Bruco, in my opinion, is their barbecue. Being a,
0: I was for a southerner, those are those are strong words. Agreed.
1: I agree. I thought, lo these many years, I've wandered this island in search of barbecue that quenched. My desire for quality, similar to what I had back in Alabama, and until now I've been hard up to find it. I think Dixie Grill does a good job in Ia. Waikiki Brewing, superior. I would say at least as good as any barbecue I ever had in Atlanta. Wow. Uh, potentially as good as some of the stuff I had in Alabama. I mean, it is really good. So go get the sampler. It's twenty five bucks. Feeds two people. Are you saying?
0: Are you saying? Waikiki Bruco, you could bring their, whatever there is, their specialty, you could bring it into an SEC tailgate and wouldn't it be out of place? You could absolutely bring Waikiki Bruco's
1: brisket, ribs, and smoked chicken wings into any SEC tailgate. And not only would it not be out of place, you would be celebrated for having the best barbecue there.
2: You want to go there
0: for lunch? Yes. What about you? What you got? My shout out of the week. Uh, it, will, it will not surprise anybody who knows me. It also uh, is not a hole in the wall. It is not a hidden gem. It is uh, proudly displayed. The restaurant you all know and love, put quite simply, there's no diner finer. I'm shutting out Big City Diner. Big they have City locations Dining. all over the damn place. All uh, over the United States, is, it appears. The, only on Oahu. <laughs> oh. Kaimuki is the OG location, of course. <laughs> Uh, but they've also got locations at ward, Kailua, Waipio, Proridge. Uh literally everywhere l- you go. Literally it's you know it's all the best things you love about diner food, all the best things you love about local food. Everybody's friendly, everybody's nice. The drinks are big, portions are big. So shout out Lane Moroka, most responsive restaurant owner on Twitter. Social media games real strong. Social media game the strongest. Yeah. Kimchi burger, garlic fries, ice cold beer.
1: Fun fact, you were never more than eight minutes away from a
0: big city diner anywhere on Oahu. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Ashley. What's that? Now that you've seen how it's done.
2: I am gonna take it back to local and I'm gonna say zippies. Even more local You're than Shouting big out
1: zippies. Yes. What is it? I've never heard of it.
2: It's the best restaurant in Hawaii.
0: I'm just kidding. I've heard of and it. And you
2: know what? The mainland needs it too. You can't go wrong. Do you not like zippies?
0: I do like Zippies. What's your What's your go-to location?
1: Is there one that you're like, I'm going to go to this one rather than that one? That one's better than that one?
2: No, because everybody's friendly. Everybody. It's Some of them are open 24 hours. Some of them have drive-thrus.
0: Who has a drive-thru? Eva Beach. Shout out Eva Beach Zippies, 96706.
2: 96706, <laughs> shout out.
0: Shout out Zippies. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm trying to think, any other shout outs this week? They,
2: they have Ant- Chantilly Cream Puffs.
0: Chantilly Cream Puffs, yeah.
2: Amazing.
0: Napoleon's Bakery
2: amazing. They Zippy. seem to be very oh.
0: friendly with Zippies, Napoleon's Bakery. They're they may or may not be affiliated. Yeah. I, that was a joke. Oh.
2: Whatever. <laughs> you guys yeah, are like these freaking Holly. These freaking
0: I mean, let the let let he who's without Howley cast the first Howley. You're uh, <laughs> you're certainly less Howley than me. Are you? I mean, like mathematically, no, but I get asked for the military discount just as much as you do, my do friend. Do you really? I mean, he, not, not, with, not with the beard anymore. I've actually started to tell people my go-to is when they go
1: military discount, I just go, no, I'm just white. And I go, but I'll take it if you'll give it to me. And it's actually worked before at a couple of businesses, and I don't want to shout them out here because I don't want anybody to get in trouble, but you know who you are if you give the military discount to white guys who are just friendly and polite. You're doing the You're Lord's the real work.
2: MVP. You're That's a real what MVP. you are.
1: So shout out.
0: Uh, one
1: final time, Family Promise of Hawaii and Ashley Loa for being on.
0: If you want to learn more, please go to their website, familypromisehawaii.org, or check them out on Instagram, Family Promise of Hawaii, Blue Hawaii, Blue Hawaii, Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.